Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. I want to start off this morning by uh, going to 1 Kings chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles with you, will you go to 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 4? And I want to give this a little bit of context this morning. Um, this is the story of Elijah's flight in total fear and terror um, from the words that Jezebel sent to him via a messenger. And um, the reason I want to put it in context, because this is Elijah. This is, this is a man who just a couple of chapters prior to this raised a widow's son from the dead, laid, laid over him, and he was raised to life. He also challenged the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. And he's, do you remember that story? He says, if your God be God, let call down fire from heaven and burn up the sacrifice. And of course, they did everything all day long. They cut themselves, they, they chanted, and they did everything that they knew to do. And it still didn't, nothing happened. And then Elijah stepped in and he says, okay, there's the, the bull on top of my pile of wood. Now dig a trench around my sacrifice and cover it with water. So they pour water on the wood and they pour water in the trench. And Elijah says, Lord, it's time. And the fire comes down, fire came down from heaven, burnt up the whole sacrifice, all the wood, the, the water, I can imagine it evaporating just like that. And of course, what happened then was they took all of these prophets of this false god down to a place by the waterside and they executed them all there. And um, the same Elijah, the same Elijah that outrun Ahab, Ahab was one of the most wicked kings that Israel ever had. He was the most wicked king that Israel ever had. In fact, he married Jezebel. And we all know, even, even if you don't come to church, people know who Jezebel is. <laughs> and so Ahab is, gets in his chariot to go to a place called Jezreel. And he's in a chariot with horses pulling a chariot. And the Bible says that the Lord girded Elijah's loins. Do you believe it? He outran he got to Jezreel before Ahab and the chariot did. This is the man we're talking about, Elijah. And the next minute, this woman Jezebel sends him a message saying, I've heard about what you did at Mount Carmel. Your days are numbered. I'm coming for you and your, your history. And that struck fear. Suddenly, suddenly, this great man, Elijah, is running for his life. Amen? And so it says there, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he'd killed all the prophets. So Jezebel sent a message saying, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow. That sounds pretty sudden to me. You don't even have 24 hours left to live. I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, 
and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree. Can you picture that in your mind? Here's Elijah under this lonely tree, and he's like, oh, woe is me. It's, everything is unraveling here. And he says to the Lord, I'm ready to die. I've had enough. Take me away. I've had enough. I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. Then he lay down and went for a sleep under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and says, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave and spent the night. Elijah is asking God to let it to just take me now. What does God do? No, I'm going to give you something that's going to sustain you. You're asking me for death and I'm going to give you life. So here's some food. Where did that come from? It came from heaven. Food from heaven. Now, Elijah already had God's creatures provide for him when he was at the brook Cherith because the ravens came and fed him. So he, he's known God's amazing um, provision. Heaven-baked bread. Heaven-baked bread. And I want to say this morning, natural food is not going to sustain you for 40 days and nights. The food that we need is heavenly food. That is the food that is going to sustain us. That is the food that is going to um, give us the endurance that we need when we say I've had enough. Because we can always think of what can the world give me that is going to get me through this instead of just saying, do you know what, Lord, what is, I'm going to leave this with you. And then we wake up and there's something is over there provided for us. Amazing. So God knows our needs. And Elijah was so afraid and confused that he asked the Lord amiss. How often have you prayed and at the end you're like, I don't know if I should have prayed that prayer. I think I've asked, Lord, please, I hope you've misunderstood me. No, you didn't. You really know me, don't you? There's no chance I'm getting off the, the hook with this one. Why did I ask that? Why, why, why did it reveal my faith where I am right now? Why did it reveal my weakness in God? So I know your weakness. I know you're scared to death. But if you would just take this bread from heaven, take the, take the resources of heaven that I'm putting in front of you, take them, you'll be able to go on. So God in his grace gives us what we, don't, what we didn't ask for. What we should have asked him for, he says, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for so that your need, your present need will be met. Isn't that great? Thank God that he doesn't grant us our wrong requests. Because if he was to grant us, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So everything that comes out of our mouth is going to have um, a consequence. My, 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 see if we lived by, see if God answered all of our wrong requests, sweetheart. We, we, we'd be goners. We'd, we'd be gone already. So 
here's Elijah. You know, when the enemies are chasing you, it doesn't mean that God's gone off the scene. He's not forsaken you. When, the en- when your enemies are coming, it doesn't mean he's, he's, he's gone to play golf or something. No, he's, he, he's, he's there. Situations and circumstances don't remove God's presence for, from us. He's always there. The way you feel doesn't remove God's presence for you. You wake up in the morning, today is, I feel awful. Today is going to be a bad day. God doesn't say, right, I'm disconnecting now. I'll see you at uh, nine, nine this evening and we can have a chat about how today went. It's like, no, he doesn't disconnect when we say we f- don't feel like the way we think we're supposed to feel. And what's that way anyway? Because we live life by faith. Every step we take is a step of faith. As long as we keep unbroken fellowship with him, no matter how you feel or how much you're complaining or even shouting at God and being angry with him, he's still there. If you're in a cave, he's going to be there. If you're under a lonely tree on Fairly Moors, he'll be there. Wherever you are, in the deepest ocean, he'll be there. If you're in a deep hole, he'll be there. If you're in the prison of life, he'll be there. But if you're in the palace, he's also going to be there. Amen? So he never forsakes us. So this, in 1 Kings 19, so see if you go to 1 Kings 19. Let's see if we go to 1 Kings 19. From verse 11. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. This is, Elijah's escaped, and then God says to him, uh, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. Uh, oh, yes. Um, this is where there was a, a wind, an earthquake, and fire, but God was not in any of these elements. He was a still, small voice to Elijah. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So the still small voice, in the midst of all of these crazy natural occurrences, earthquakes, wind, and fire, God speaks to him in a still small voice. And God says to him, you're going to go and you're going to cast your mantle onto Elisha, okay? Now, I wanted to look at this word suddenly here. Whenever something sudden happens, some, some uh, translations would say, lo and behold, instead of suddenly. But it's, you're in a position immediately where one of, things are going to go one of two ways. So you're just about to be introduced to a new reality in your life that you may never have known before. Lo and behold, oh my I've never encountered this before. You're going to walk into an imminent future that God has prepared for you to walk into. Okay? Now, he knows our end from our beginning. Isn't that right? Okay? Um, He has, sometimes we do go down, he tells us to walk in his ways. Sometimes we don't walk in his ways. But everything has a choice because the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Whatever you do, did you, did you come to me? Did you say, Lord, what do you think about this decision I'm making? What did you think about this situation? If we don't go to him for counsel, 
If we don't go to him and say, Lord, I need your wisdom on this, we could be walking into an imminent future that's going to go one of two ways. It's going to go well or it's going to go poorly. Isn't that right? And so here's Elijah. He casts his mantle, which is just a a prophet's garment. uh, It's like a fur. He casts it onto Elisha, and then that mantle has passed on to Elisha. And it all happened very, very suddenly. So God came in and says, this is going, you're going to take a different direction now. Amen. And I want to say this morning that you could be in this place and you could be ready to receive a mantle upon your life. You could be, you, 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 are you prepared and positioned to receive the anointing that God wants to place on you for your future ministry? Because some, some, some of us or all of us in this church have to rise up. We, because there has to be a church of the future. There has to be other churches. There has, to be, there has to be people gathering in homes. There has to be people talking about the Lord in various places and bringing the light into various places. Isn't that right? So God's timing is really important, isn't it? And when we look back on our lives, do we, do we remember God's timing in our lives and give thanks for that when he's delivered us, when he's saved us? All of these times, we ought to do that every day, remember and, 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 uh, and, and think back on those things. Because some, I think I said this last week, I think maybe some people might feel that, you know what, my time hasn't come yet. When's my time going to be? That my time, uh, I had a prophecy when I was 12, I had a prophecy when I was 20, but nothing's ever happened. And if Brother Dale Gentry was here right now, he'd say, have you prayed into that prophecy? Have you walked out the steps to, to see that becoming, uh, being fulfilled? Or are you just sitting back and waiting for it to happen? Amen? And so some things, like you're like, God, it must have been wrong. It must have been a false thing. Or, you know, or, or even you've, you've let me down. You know, I thought this, uh, you, you know, I put in three years of Bible school. I put in five years of seminary. I went to do a theology degree, Lord, but nothing's happening. Says, well, I don't want you to be full of knowledge. I want you to be full of my spirit. I want, I want you to walk, live and walk every day by my spirit, saith the Lord, and not by five years of seminary. And thank God for Bible school. If it wasn't for Bible school, I'd, I'd be even dumber than I am now. But you know what I'm saying? Bible school was amazing. It's the elementary, the elementary things of God. We need them and to have them in our spirits. Amen? So maybe a, lot of, maybe a lot of the things we've pursued have not gone according to plan or they've even failed and you're waiting on a breakthrough or a shift. And I think, I believe that that's what's going to happen in 2022. I really believe there's much that's going to shift. I really believe that. And we all have to we'll come on to it just now. There's, there's, there's two letters in the English language that, that Satan loves to use. is the letter D and I, die. And he likes to put them before different things and see them work out. And I can assure you that if, we, if you stay undivided, 
from the Lord and from one another, shifts will happen this year. And this church is going to grow strong. A small, a small one will become a strong one. Okay? So we can't put our hope, faith, and trust in lottery tickets or inheritances or anything. We can only trust in the Lord. Amen? So, you know, sometimes we do make a success out of our lives in some areas, just hard work like school. Do you know what I mean? And God does help us in school, to be fair. <laughs> yes, he does. But some people have, I said this last week, why haven't things worked out, Lord? Why haven't things worked out? And for us as Christians, it's more like, when is it going to happen? It's about time. And I said last week, it's about this different times and seasons. And in Acts 1-7, it says, therefore, when they'd come together, they asked him saying, they're asking uh, the disciples are asking Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So this time that they're talking about, the first one is, the, is um, chronos, which is a chronological time. Um, and the other time they're talking about is kairos, which is a, an opportune time or a season. And I, when I was looking at this this week, you know what it says? Kairos is a time when things come to a head, a crisis even. So a kairos time is a season where, now if you look at the news now or you read the paper, do you sense Christ? Do you think, do you sense things coming to a head in the world? Uh-huh. A kairos, a kairos time. But what does he say to the, to the disciples? He says, don't you, don't, don't you concern yourself about this right now. Don't you worry about this. God has all of this under control. He, he has ordained the times and the seasons. It's in his authority. And he's saying to them there, you are not going to experience this firsthand at the moment. This is the Greek word genosko, which means to know something by experiencing it. So he says to them, you guys are not, you're asking about when is the, the kingdom going to be restored to Israel. You're not going to experience that. There's going to be another time, another season. And I think that some of us, we are longing for a season and, and we just don't genosco. We're not going to know it. Because we, we need, we, I think it said it up there in the little video, he's in the here and the now. He leads us day, day by day. And he does give us visions, dreams, and prophecies to, to walk into. But, you know, many times... The, 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 the vision may not come to pass in your lifetime. You may, the mantle may go from, like Lewis one day will carry a mantle that will go to somebody else, and so on and so forth. You know, this is the thing. So when the, the great Elijahs and the Elishas, there's always people coming up. God is raising people up in, his, in the local body. And I want to say, you're not just sitting here every Sunday. And if you are, why? We are not just sitting here every Sunday. Let God raise you up to go and do something amazing. Trust him. He will, he will give you the opportunity. If, you're, if you say, God, give me the opportunity, then you better be careful because you, you better believe it. He's going to give you. But he, Jesus rebukes him there. And he's like, you're going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit anyway. And do you know what? 
there's good reasons that you don't need to know everything. You don't need to live your life with all knowledge. Because it's more often than not, it can be an impediment to you. You don't need to know everything. Some people clamor to know everything and must know everything. You can lose yourself for hours going down rabbit holes. Hours and hours and hours of time. You must protect your time. Instead of praying and waiting in his presence for your next step, we clamor for the next piece of knowledge that is going to, and, and we've got to watch out that we are not deceived by going down all of these rabbit trails. Amen. And uh, we've got to trust, we've got to trust God's Holy Spirit for that. I'm not saying that God doesn't send us stuff to read and hear and listen to or watch or whatever, whether it's a physical person coming across our path or it comes via the interweb, whatever. Okay. So, we are only expected to observe the signs of the times. So the, the word says, know the signs of the times. Know the, know the times that you're living in, but don't let them make you afraid. Don't let them fill your heart with fear. All I know is that Jesus says, when I come back, be found faithful. So if, when he comes back, if we're all doing what he asked us to do, that's the best place. And we're like, do you know what? I really hope you speed that up. And God will hasten things in its time. Because the word says um, that the gospel will be preached unto the ends of the earth, and then the end will come. So we can actually hasten Jesus' return by preaching more. Isn't that right? Amen? So, we've got to be content with God's timing. And Elijah's heart, he was afraid. He hastily concluded that he was unworthy. I am just not worthy. My ancestors were much better than me. Here I am. And so, I want to read that in Isaiah 60, 22. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And when it says a little one there, it means there that the little means small, weak, and insignificant. So a little one, a small one, even if you feel weak and insignificant, will become a thousand. And a small one, a small one, I love this, it's going back to last week, a small one's talking about youth. Youth. So something that is young will become strong. Something that is small will become strong. Hallelujah. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And we had this prophecy over our church years and years ago. In fact, I don't even remember when. I think it was even before we moved the church to Irvine for a season. We had this prophecy of Isaiah 60. Amen. So we say, when are things going to happen, Lord? He says, I will hasten it in my time. When God says it's time, now is the time. When God sees we've surrendered, we've trusted, we've obeyed, now take up your mantle, your calling, then that's the time. When God says we've waited, then it's time to walk into the promise. When God says, are you all done making excuses yet? then that's another time we can move into. When God says you've been faithful with little, now it's time for much. 
The parable of the talents, Matthew 25, and we introduce a new series next week called The Parables of Jesus. Isn't it great to look at the red letters? If you didn't know what those red letters were, I love the red letters. They're all the words that Jesus spoke. So we're, we're going to move on to a new series next week called The Parables of Jesus, and I believe we're going to get so much out of that for this time. When you've been faithful with little, now it's time for, for much. When God says we are ready, because sometimes we don't feel ready, when God says that you're ready, you're ready. You step out in faith. Amen? So... We just got to make sure we step out in faith and not in foolishness or presumption. Hallelujah. You can be ready in the Lord and still be scared. You can still, you can still be afraid. But you can ask the Lord for courage and he'll give it to you. Amen. You can be unprepared and underestimate the task ahead. You could be totally terrified and completely out of God's will as well. And then you don't want to end up like the seven sons of Sceva who thought that they could do something in the name of Jesus, but they really were not prepared. And so this is a place where on Sunday we're together, there's some teaching, there's some preaching, but then you go away through the week and you get ready. You, we don't just use Sundays to get ready for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We get ready. We have to get ready every day, every morning, uh, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Jesus loved getting up early and going away to be with, the, with his father in the morning. And I'm just so envious of all you early risers out there. Oh, boy. These folk that are 4.30, it's like, ping. I'm ready for the day. I'm like, wow, okay. So we sometimes think we need this or that to happen in a certain time frame or a time span that we've planned for. And God, you tell us to be wise and make plans. So I've come up with a good plan. And I'm coming back to you now with my good plan because you told me to make plans. So he doesn't actually tell us to plan for the sake of having something that makes us look like we've got something to do. Oh, I've got to be occupied with something. I better make a plan. Coming up with a plan is only half of the requirement. Because in Psalm 37, he basically says, consult me first, then plan. Then submit your plans. Psalm 37, verse 5, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your... Com consult with the Lord first and then make your plans. Lord, you told me to make a plan. I've made a plan. Ah, but hang on, you didn't consult with me first. Know my, know my heart, know my will first. Amen. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, etc., etc. Amen. So consult the Lord first before making a plan. Does anyone know the, um, the actor David Suchet? He was um, Poirot. Poirot. Do you know he's a Christian? And uh, one day he was asked on, in an interview whether there were any roles that he would ever turn down if he was offered them. And he said... 
That's a very difficult question. You can imagine the way he'd be seeing it. That's a very difficult question. All I can say is now, when I'm offered a part, I go away and pray about it. And if I feel it is wrong, I turn it down. Whereas before, I would have said, how much? Isn't that amazing? He, so an opportunity comes, here, I've got something for you. Doesn't this sound great? Hang on, I'm going to pray about that because I don't suddenly want to end up in trouble here. Amen. The Lord says, woe to those, in Isaiah 30, woe to those who carry out plans that are not mine, who go down to Egypt without consulting me. And that's like these people, we've got to know what we're involved with. We don't take things lightly. We know that Satan is an enemy and he steals, kills, and destroys. And every day we're reminded of that. We, we drove, on the way to church, we drove past, there was a very bad car accident outside the Seymour Hydro Hotel last night. And you drive past and you think, my, 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 in the middle of the night, someone came across that. He's, he's, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for you, Lord. And God's like, you're going down to Egypt to an Egypt, a place where I am not welcome, but you haven't asked me if you can go there. Don't go. This, I love what Brother Dale says. God says you can go where he says you can go, but don't go where God says don't go. Maybe he's got somebody else for that at the right time. Amen. So commit to the Lord Consult him, discuss your plans with him, and seek his wisdom and advice according to Proverbs 15. And it's the same in life with any major decision. There's, there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You're not suddenly going to end up in big trouble if you, you follow God's ways. Amen. And I think many of us have been to the end of our ropes, haven't we? Finger hold, fingertip. And... Um, you know, even if you're like, I can't let, what if I, fa we've fallen before. We, we let the rope go, but he caught us. We, we actually had to let the, the rope go. Financially, if you t we had to let the rope go and um, endured the trial right the way through to the end and let the rope go. And so all of that frustration of holding on to the rope is relieved when you let it go and you fall into his hands. Have you tried to, my dad used to use this one all the time. He says, if you carry a chicken a long way, it gets really heavy. You know, it's like a chicken, what's a chicken? But you carry a chicken a few miles and your arm wants to fall off. When you hold on to something for so long, um, Kevin will know this, when you've played the guitar or the bass all night, if you go home and your hand is like in that shape, you know, it's like, it, it's so painful. But when we let go, relief comes, isn't it? So, to, to trust him. So, gee, is that the time already? To bring a close to this message. I'm sure we all want our wins to become a reality in the time scale that we thought it was going to be. But the reality is God's ways are not our, our ways. And it's going to happen in his time Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. 
As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts that you're, than my thoughts than your thoughts. And I want to read this in Psalms 139, and I don't know if we'll have this because it's the Passion Translation. Psalms 139 verse 5 says, You've gone into my future. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Oh, wow. In kindness, I'm behind you to spare you from the harm of your past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful translation there? Can I have two minutes? Two minutes to bring this to a close. I have another, I have another scripture in Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4. And we're talking about God's timing. And I believe that there'll be people here appointed to, you'll, you'll have divine appointments and ordinations to things. They're in your close future, I believe. And it says here, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God's already got something in you that was in you before you were born. Then said I, ah, Lord, but hang on, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. I'm a small one. Same word, I'm a youth, I'm a small one. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of their faces. You can see some real stony faces around here. You don't have to go to Stony Bridge to see stony folk. You can see real stony people around wherever you go. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth, and this day I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Look at the awesome power that God is entrusting to you. Look at that. I mean, the power to actually, you know what? If Jesus said, spoke to the, to the waves and the waves calmed. And he says that greater things can you do. Can you calm the waves? Yes, you can. You can. If you speak to this, oh, it's just a metaphor, Pastor David. It's, it's these, you have, it's, it's limiting, it's limiting God when we say, no, it's only going to go so far in my hands. If we truly believe, if we truly, truly believe, then the things, the amazing miracles that happened and happenings in the, in the Bible can happen in this earth. Supernatural strength can, can make you run faster than a chariot. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Ah, this is what I love. God says, what do you see? I'm giving you a chance. What do you see? I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. Because you have seen 
what I see, I'm now ready to perform my word. When your vision is not division, division, when your vision is the same as the people that you're with, your church, when your vision is the same as the vision that the Lord your God has given you, he's saying, now I'm ready to perform my word. Divorce, disunity, disagreement. The devil loves those words, and he loves coming to spread them in a church. He loves coming around people and making you feel offended and Mm, I'm not sure about that guy. Mm, it's like, love your brother, love your sister. So, these, this Jeremiah chapter 1, that's homework. To go away, do a Bible study on that and the individual verses. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Amen. The word speaks. Verse 5. What's verse 5? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Jeremiah discovered what's in him was placed there by God himself. It's what God has placed inside us that will sustain us. We're going to go to, and uh, I better watch what I'm saying here, but your purpose will, will, will make you live, live those three score years and ten and beyond. No purpose, I was going to say you're going to go to an early grave without having a purpose in your life. It's probably true. Without any vision, without any purpose, we will not live the, the I say, the blessed life. Well, I'll say that audaciously because it's, the blessed life has come under such attack. But I can't get over the fact that God says, I want to bless you because you're mine. And we say we can't be blessed because... It, you know, this has just become a bless me club. No. God, 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 so we're already blessed, man. It's like drew breath first thing this morning. I'm blessed. And here we are. And his blessing. So his plans and purposes will sustain us. Amen. Verse 10, this day. See, I have this day set you over. Amen. Verse 11 and 12, I see what you see, Lord. Good, now I'm ready to perform it. Very important. So, I believe God's going to do something suddenly in our church and in your lives. And um, all the glory and the honor is going to be to him. If we leave here a church service and it's not about Jesus, and he's not at the center of it, and he is the living word, the, the word that speaks so when the word speaks, who's speaking? It's Jesus is speaking. He's the word. He's speaking into your life right now. You're sitting here maybe around so wherever in the church you are, and G the word is speaking to you, and you're like, hmm. And you've got a choice this morning. You have, you have an imminent future that can go one of two ways. You can say, I heed your voice, or I'm going to ignore it this time, Lord, and I'm going to wait and see what happens. Just a wee bit longer. I can ride out this situation for another few weeks. If it gets any tougher, I might come and see you. I might know. If that word is in your spirit right now, surrender to him now. Just say, I need your wisdom right now, and he will give you his wisdom. Hallelujah. 
Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Thank you.